All right, everybody. Opening set, season one, episode eight. This is the Pomp and Circumstance edition because it's our final one. But don't worry, we are scheming to further ruin your lives with season two and beyond. Once again, a little housekeeping, opening set podcast at Gmail. You can reach us there. Find us on Instagram, opening set, uh, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google, and the ever-important Apple iTunes podcast. So make sure you subscribe and tell your friends. My man, John Reyes, thank you very much for putting up with me these past eight episodes. Hope you uh, have a lot of patience left because we can, we're going to do this some more. Find him on uh, IG under Stank Palmer or under John Reyes on SoundCloud, etc. I am King Most. Just Google me, you know. So today's guest, the big homie from NYC via the Bay Area, Darling Chuck. She is a staple in New York City nightlife, has her own two parties, FOMO and We. And this is an overall cool chick representing Bay Vibes. If you've been rocking with us since the beginning, you may have heard the Jay Espinosa podcast. And he talks about getting booed. So since this is the last episode of season one, that same topic came up with Darling Chuck. Listen how she got booed at the legendary New York City Highline Ballroom at a 90s party and how she overcame it. Very important. So I'm coming to this 90s party. So I'm thinking I'm, I can play anything from the 90s, like every single fucking thing that came out in the 90s, not just R&B and hip hop. And I was opening. So, you know. I'm gonna like play some light shit, you know, I'm not gonna play the bangers, that's for later. And it was a really mixed crowd, so I went all over the place, like I went like NSYNC route, fucking Sugar Ray, and you know, I, I threw in some, you know, Mariah in there and Janet and etc, etc, but it happened when I played 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> and it was a little confusing because I heard the boos like they were really loud but then there was like also a group of people like that were jamming to it so I'm like which one is it it was a little confusing and so I stopped the music and was like you stopped the music yeah and I was just looking at them like are you guys done like can we continue and in the conversation, we talk about how bedroom DJs may or may not have that club ready instinct. That's very important. Her transition from being a casting director to a full-time DJ in New York City. And lastly, her love of Mariah Carey. Yes, Mimi. Now listen, the reason why I love this conversation, why I wanted to have Darling Chuck on the show, is to kind of chronicle and talk to a fellow working DJ. And I realized when we were done, and even during the talk, I realized that our working DJ voice is equally as important and interesting and fascinating as the legendary DJs, the DJs with titles, the DJs that travel the world. So it's kind of good to know that, yeah, we not, may not be the, uh, the headliner, but you know, we still matter. So that's what's up. Working DJs, salute to you. Follow Darling Chuck and the chronicles of her Bay Vibes on Instagram and other social media sites and visit darlingchuck.com for the lowdown. And let me take this moment to say just thank you to everyone that's been supporting the podcast so far. These are literally the first times I've ever interviewed anybody. So I'm glad they were, you know, entertaining enough. Thank you as always to John Reyes and um, continue following us. We have a lot more coming in store. Uh, we'll take a couple months off, but we'll be working on new stuff. So yeah, thank you very, very much. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Opening Set. This is your boy, the voice of King Most. We have my man, John Reyes, making sure this train doesn't fall off the tracks and burn and kill everybody. And my special guest today in the studio, putting lip gloss on her lips. Come a homegirl, Darling Chuck. Welcome to the show. Hey, hey. Burr, 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 air horns and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. Can I say this home or no? Yes. Is, is yes. It, okay. I always represent the Bay. Okay. So the Bay is home. Mm -hmm. All right. So when you come back, what are the first things you do? Like, okay, I'm home. I need to go do this because I can't do it in New York. What is it? I go get a burrito. That's the 
Best fucking answer. Straight up. I would say that that's Yeah, what take I me to the nearest burrito. And where is your burrito spot? Ah, oh, we know where I went to this time is La Taqueria. Not bad, not bad. For tacos. Okay. You know? Good, good, but good. But still hella good. Yes, I'm a Cancun person all day. I think a lot of our listeners would be like, what? Who are these places? What? Uh, they're not going to know. But when they come <laughs> to the Bay Area, San Francisco, go to La Taqueria or yeah. Cancun, you'll not be disappointed. Yeah. What's another thing? Uh, Usually In-N-Out. Okay. But I haven't really gotten that lately. Okay. And uh, yeah, I just go straight to my family's house, say hi. Important. Yeah. And then after I do that, I can go talk to my friends and see everyone. Okay. And then when you return back to New York City, what's the first thing you do when you go back? I lay down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, usually I'll fly back home at night, so it's time to go to bed anyway. Mm -hmm. Just decompress for a little bit and then start the next day. Then wake up <laughs> back to whatever the, the, yeah. the daily... Back the, on my bullshit. The, the daily adventures <laughs> of Darling Chuck. Yeah. Okay. Back on your bullshit. What is some of that? I mean, I just feel like in New York, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, mm. you know? So um, a lot of people are involved with like social media and, you know, there's a lot of networking and shit that goes on, mm -hmm. a lot of events that go on, so... It's just kind of like being ready to do that. I think it's a lot of work to do that type of shit. Yeah. So you mean like, go, oh, I need to go to this party, say hi to these people, be yeah. seen, mm -hmm. do it tomorrow. Do gigs too. And, you know. How important do you think that is to becoming like a career DJ, successful DJ, the whole shaking hands, kissing babies? Oh, it's hella important. I mean, that's how you connect with people and that's how you connect the dots, I guess. Mm -hmm. Would you say it's the most important thing nowadays? I mean, it's part of it. I don't think it's the most important thing. I don't know what I would say the most important thing is. It depends like what, how you want to do it, I guess. Yeah. What you want to get out of it. Okay. Okay. I think the answer will probably change over time. I mean, I think it does yeah. for a lot of people. What do you want to get out of DJing? Because you're like right now, you're not new, but you're not this like, you know, oh, I've been around since 1990. Let me show you, young kid. You're kind of... You're <laughs> I'm not the, an old man about it yet. Yeah, you're not. You're not, you're not referencing DMX as, yeah. your, <laughs> as, your, as your role of life for DJing. What is... Yeah. What are you getting out of it right now? What What's the kind of the... Uh, the the result, the return, um, I guess, besides money. Yeah. The money is the best part. But um, I think for me, it's just been like, I'm just kind of getting to know myself through it, I guess. It's been like kind of like a personal journey, like getting into the game like this late. Just this year, like I felt like my confidence has gone up. And, okay. you know, I just feel like a lot better as a person being able to share music and meet people. And I just feel a lot more fulfilled. So, yeah, it's like a personal thing for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think that's dope because I ask this question to myself and other people and it's always, it's never as healthy and positive. It's always like, you know, I'm trying to accomplish a goal and yeah. I have no other options and it's yeah. always like, and you're like, I feel this like that's the best answer anyone can yeah. really give. So props to you. I mean, it's so fun and I, and like, you know, you can't take these things for granted. Like if you have like a gift, like you have to share it. Mm. So you said you did the whole thing late in the game. Yeah. Um, did you feel like this is something that only should be started when you're like a teenager in your 20s? And Well, growing up in the Bay, a lot of you guys start like really young. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was in my 30s when I started, you know, and when I was like hanging out with all you guys, it was like high school. I was exposed to DJing like as early as middle school, you know. I guess I was always around and... A lot of young folks were doing it when I was observing it. Mm -hmm. So that's just where my perception of DJing was. It was just that's as why a I say I'm late. Oh, okay. So yeah. you were a fan, a party goer. You had Oh, I was a total club rat, dude. <laughs> I was at the club all the time. Then did you have any like favorite DJs that kind of like kept you going out? Like, oh, I had to go see this person or that person. Yeah, you know, I was, I was hanging out with the Spintronics guys. Oh shit. So okay. um J E 
And Chris Para, me and him dated for a while, so I was like with them all the time. Okay, so you were basically you were just like a step away from being a DJ in DJ culture. There wasn't like yeah. something you just kind of like discovered, like oh, I'm gonna be a DJ now. This is you've been in this life for a while. Yeah, you know, I like to tell people that I would train my ear first and before did, yeah. I did the technical part. Yeah, yeah. Because it came pretty easy once I started. There you go. For the people that are listening that don't know Spintronics, they're like one of the most important mobile yeah. DJ crews in the Bay Area. They started out... Like since the 80s. Yeah, 80s. In, and they're still around today. They're still around. And they're very important. And they set a, a kind of foundation for people like Shortcut and Qbert and other... Just anybody in the Bay Area really ever, you can all run it back to them. So yeah. let people know Scotty about. Fox is in Spintronics, I think. I think so. Like it's... Yeah, if, if you're from the Bay and you just know about, you know, West Coast DJ culture, the resume... Radio culture... Yeah, Radio 2. Yeah, Cameo, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very important. Yeah, you go back there like on some, like the game. Roots. Be, yeah, the game would be completely different without those guys. And I feel like they don't get enough uh, credit or props because, you know, right. whatever reason. Yeah, for whatever reason. Yeah. So you said the whole training your ear. So do you think that's kind of different nowadays when people kind of start DJing? They just kind of, I like rap and I like dance music. I'm going to DJ without knowing it. Or is that just my perception? I think uh, a lot of the younger DJs now, because they have so much access to technology, a lot of them start out in their bedrooms, so they don't really get the experience of reading a crowd or like just feeling out the vibe. You know, you spend so much time in your bedroom and then the moment you go out to a club and DJ in front of people, it's kind of hard to connect if you're used to doing it a certain way. And, you know, a lot of DJs are like perfectionists and, you know, they want to like make sure that everything's tight. So they tend to... um, Focus on that a lot more instead of like what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. So they, they're kind of so. in their head or in their laptop and... Yeah, they're in their zone, uh-huh. you know. Sometimes, you know, you'll go to parties sometimes and you're like, what is this person doing? Like, are they <laughs> even like, do they know what's going on? Like, can you clearly see that people aren't moving or just kind of like di- <laughs> looking at you? Yeah, and not in like, I'm looking at you on the stage. It's like, we're looking at you as in what's going on. Yeah. What, not Yeah, not in a good way. So you said you kind of had this kind of like, acumen or regimen of knowing like DJing and when it sounded good mm-hmm. was it playing in front of people pretty easy for you I think yeah it came pretty easy I was lucky to start playing in front of people right when I started so as I was learning how to mix and what songs sounded good together I got to test it out like out in a bar or a club so it forced me to just get better at it I was working with Tap 10 a lot well I we still work together he's uh I consider him one of my mentors you know He's been in the game for a long ass time. Yeah. Tap 10, part of Honor Roll. Lives in New York, but he's from here, Oakland, originally. He's from El Sobrani. Okay. Yeah. But the Bay, for for listeners outside. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, for listeners outside of the Bay, he, I guess, yeah, you could say Oakland because he's also part of youth radio. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So observing Tap 10 and stuff, like he can read a crowd really well and he really knows how to like make people do things. It's kind of like being a hypnotist, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And then we we talk about... Yeah, when we talk about crowds, New York City crowds. I haven't DJed in New York too much or it's been a while. And every time I have, it's been a very kind of like, you know, special thing. I'm not just playing for the weekend warriors. Is it kind of intimidating? You can't mess up or are they forgiving crowds or Mm. how do you feel? Mm. I've been booed before. You've been booed? Yeah. God damn. Like in a really big venue too, like at the Highland Ballroom. Holy shit. But yeah, like people in New York know what they like and they know what they want to hear. I mean, going back to like how important it is to move around and network and stuff, like it's also good to know like the types of venues, like what kind of DJs that they bring in or what kind of music that they usually have. And 
if you ever get asked to DJ somewhere, you know, like the type of crowd it's going to be. So you know what they're going to want to hear. Yeah. I think that's something that kind of gets lost regardless yeah, of generation. research. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yo, let me get on. Let me do your party. Like, sure. But have you ever been to my party or? Yeah. yeah. You got to know the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And know, yeah, the crowd, the venue, the equipment, yep. who else is on the bill so you don't kind of play what they yeah. do. Yeah. Who else have they gotten in the past, you know? Oh, see you. Okay. That's why you do this for real. Because you have, you have those things in your mind. I, yeah. I feel that's something that the, the people that are kind of struggling or not really serious about it. They don't think or even care about that shit. Yeah. But hold on. Bax is getting booed at the Highline Ballroom. You're not going to get off, you're not getting off easy. You got to kind of, go on, yeah. let's revisit that. Okay. I'm your therapist. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's kind of re-trigger these emotions, these memories, and we'll try to work through it. So, yo, yeah. Highline Ballroom, that's like a huge... It's a huge venue. Like a thousand people. It's a really nice venue too. It's a nice venue to get booed at. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was for... Um, the greatest 90s party ever. Holy shit. Okay. So, I, the um, look on my face. The greatest 90s party ever. All right. Yeah, okay. I love the artwork because it looked like now music, you know, those CDs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, at the Highline uh, Ballroom. I, at the Highline Ballroom. You know, they've been doing so many R&B parties. I feel like people just kind of know them as that. So I'm coming into this 90s party. So I'm thinking I'm, I can play anything from the 90s. Like every single fucking thing that came out in the 90s. Not just R&B and hip hop. And I was opening, so, you know, I'm going to, like, you know, play some light shit. You know, I'm not going to play the bangers. That's for later. And it was a really mixed crowd. So I went all over the place. Like, I went, like, NSYNC route, fucking Sugar Ray, you know? <laughs> like, and, you know, I, I threw in some, you know, Mariah and there and Janet and et cetera, et cetera. But it happened when I played 1979 by Smashing Pumpkins. Whoa. Okay. And it was a little confusing because I heard the booze like they were really loud but then there was like also a group of people like that were jamming to it so I'm like which one is it it was a little confusing and so I stopped the music and was like you stopped the music yeah and I was just looking at them like are you guys done like can we continue yeah fuck yeah okay first of all it's the first time it's ever happened to me I'm on stage like everyone's looking at me there's all these lights on me for a moment I'm just like okay, you could walk away right now and be a little bitch or just deal with these fucking kids. So I stopped the music and then I went straight into, I think I played something for the people. Okay, kind of appropriate. It's kind of so, appropriate, but... Yeah. No, that's dope. I'm glad you you took kind of some, I don't know, agency or courage. Like, you know, fuck you guys. Like Yeah, you know, like after it happened, like after the fact, I just thought like, you know, I don't, I really don't care about their opinion of me. Because that's hella mean and only like someone hella low would do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't care. Yeah. Also, it just speaks kind of like about the privilege that people have nowadays. There's certain yeah. types of people that go out and it's just kind of like. Yeah. People are so demanding too. Like, you know, it's like 10 p.m. and they're like, can you play Migos? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. damn, relax. We'll get there. Get a drink. Yeah. No, just I mean, chill. that's something I still deal with. And even when I first started out, it's ingrained. It's just the hazards of the job. Unfortunately, I'd say it's a good thing. But mm-hmm. some people don't know. But when it, when they do respect and they do understand, like, hey, I know it's a little early, but we're going to leave soon. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. That, that's a whole nother tangent, you know, unto itself. But yeah. uh, so you got back on your feet and you, you didn't fall down and sit there. You said, fuck it. I'm going to with the music. Let them know that I'm still in charge. Yeah. I'm gonna respect me. Yeah, I mean, you guys are paying me, so you're going to have to, like, listen to what the fuck I'm going to play. <laughs> Did you say it on the mic or no? You just muted the music. No, I'm humble about it. Okay. No, that's still, that's that's still, I'm glad you did that. Because I think most people would have been, yeah, regardless of, you know, rank or years in the game, that definitely frazzled a lot of people. So more power to you. Um, when I'm talking about, you know, New York nightlife and clubs, recently, another kind of 
hairy thing that happened to you was, I guess your party got raided. That kind of yeah. I got, I'm just when I saw that, I was just like, yeah, my head spun. Like, what the fuck, right? Yeah. So give me the details of what happened first of all. So we're talking about FOMO party, which is a party that uh, I've been doing for three years in Brooklyn, and it's with Tap Ten and the Yellow Arkel. So we're doing our party. It was March. It was the March FOMO. And our special guest was uh, Stretch Armstrong. To, if you listen to the show, please tell me you know who Stretch Armstrong is. I Do your can, research. It's to say or the go late. on Netflix. He's got a movie. Or go on NPR or go on the internet yeah. or go to Del Part. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that goes out. He's saying. a legend. Beyond legend. Basically. Okay. So, so yeah, Stretch Armstrong, the god. Yeah. It was down. his second time coming. And so, you know, he knew the deal. Like, he always has a fun time when he comes. And the party is yanking. It's probably like, Oh my God. It was probably like 1030, dude. Like the party was yanking at 1030. And that's pretty early for it was any pretty standard. Early. For any, even out here, but you guys go to four, right? We go so to four. That's dumb early. Okay. So Stretch arrives around like 12, 1230. He's supposed to go on at one. And, uh, you know, we're Tap and I are trying to get the party, like we're trying to keep the height up here. So by the time Stretch goes on, you know, just kind of stays in that level. And I just remember being hella lit. Like everyone was so drunk by that point already. <laughs> everyone was faded. Uh-huh. And then not the just first the, not thing, just you guys, but the crowd, people in the yeah, everyone like those everyone. Kinda, those parties that is actually the funnest, but you got to be careful because it can go downhill. People get sick, fighting, whatever. Anyways, so yeah, yeah, the yeah. line is so thin. You yes, know? very thin line. Yes. The first thing I remember seeing, like uh, we're trying to set stretch up, and then I see a tall man wearing a badge standing over us, like in front of the booth saying like cut the music off and i was like were you playing smashing pumpkins (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) No. for real right um we cut the music and then i'm just kind of like wondering like what's what's wrong like what are you doing here we find out that we're just getting raided by five agencies Okay. All right. <laughs> like what? I gotta D- like DOJ, the FBI, up. the police. It's like police, food, fire department. Yeah, it's like five different agencies. Like it's it's kind of stupid. Like it's really like unnecessary. It's like this initiative started by um, Giuliani. It's called March, and it stands for being an asshole. Let me see if I can. Yeah, basically <laughs> for being whack as fuck. Yeah. It's basically uh, it gives like these these cops the right to um to like roam around like bars or clubs or Mm -hmm. whatever and just kind of randomly choose which one to check if they're like up to their standards you know like and it's like really unnecessary shit like you can do this during the day if you really want to check on if everything's cool but like you know they do it during a party and it's usually like a hip-hop party yeah you know yes yeah i I, the coded it's very coded yeah yeah Oh, this happens as Stretch is playing his first song, by the way. <laughs> hey, legendary Stretch Armstrong, before yeah. you get comfortable and give up your Saturday night. Right. Uh, yeah. So fucking... he tells us to turn off the music and Stretch is just playing like some reggae. Yeah. You know, like kind of get people like, because everyone's hella tight. Everyone's like, what is going on? It's 1 a.m. Yeah, which is go time. Yeah. At the start. Actually, not it's even. It's even early for here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, one is, we end at one fifty two, So that's like, that is go time. But even one, you guys get to four. So one is like, we're just. We're yeah. just getting warmed up. We're, We're getting started. We're playing the older Drake songs, not the newer ones. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so the party just ends. Like it's 1 a.m. and he's, the party is over. Like they turn the lights on. Everyone has to go. Everyone's hella confused. And like the staff is just kind of, we're all just kind of waiting there. They were there for like an hour and a half. They left at 2.30. And we left the club at 3 because after they left, we were just like, 
Manny to smoke or something. Like it was just so like tight in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're just a bunch of bullies. Yeah. So then you lost a little money. You more important is your night got ruined and then. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a shame because we were so excited to have stretch back and we got the, like the party felt so good. Like everyone was like on the same vibe, all types of people there, like everyone's getting along, like it's just a really nice vibe. And then it got ruined. Yeah. And is this like a problem in New York city where it, the policing of nightlife, is that mm -hmm. such like a constant thing or is it just kind of happens here and there and, and it goes away? It's pretty constant. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that um, nightlife could be so political until that happened. Afterwards, we actually got like written up like in a blog about it. I kind of think they use that to promote like because uh, New York just appointed a nightlife mayor. That's in my questions. God damn, you're good. <laughs> or God, I'm good. I mean, we're both good. We're both good. Okay. We're both good. Yeah, we're both great. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So let's, yeah, there's nightlife mayor, which I was going to ask you, what is that? Because we live in San Francisco. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I mean, there was a town hall meeting on that Monday after FOMO. And so like when we got written up, they kind of like used our party to kind of like get people to go. That's what I think. I mean, like when I went, it was packed and it made me feel happy because like people actually care about these issues, you know? So a nightlife mayor is kind of someone who can work with the city in terms of like zoning and like liquor laws and stuff. And, um, you know, a lot of local bars like in the neighborhood deep in Brooklyn you know they're owned by small families and stuff and um gentrifiers could be moving in and then you know they don't they don't like what they see or they don't like what they hear and then they'll make a complaint and then it's like one person ruins it for the rest of everyone who wants to just congregate into one place and just chill you yeah, know yeah we get a little bit of that over here like that definitely has happened affected a couple of places but it seems like there in New York it's like a constant everyone it's is just always like complaining <laughs> like just because so they move from a very small quiet town they move to like one of the biggest cities in the world yeah. and they're shocked and appalled and offended that there's people living their life that has nothing yeah. to do with my life yeah so this yeah. mayor is kind of like a buffer is he is it this mayor on the side of us or on the she side? is she's okay. actually um she used to she used to be a club owner so she knows what's up like she works with artists as well and first of all i love that she's a woman and second you know she comes from the club scene yeah, she's just kind of like on the team to, you know, make things easy for, I think like just they want to preserve the culture over there because, you know, like it's diminishing so quickly. You really? Know? Yeah. You know, like a lot of places are closing down, you know, here too, you know, like people are getting pushed out. No one cares about like the roots anymore. Yeah. You know, the, the roots of DJ, not the roots of the band. Well, maybe yes. both. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Could be both. Could be. Both. I don't know. Jimmy Fallon. That's a pretty a lot good. Of people care about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, yeah. you mean the roots of D yeah of DJ? Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get you know Malik B. You know, with the bottle <laughs> across the face. Yeah. And like Quest Love, like stomping on me because I heard you talking shit about the on the podcast. Oh no. shit. Yeah. That'd oh be, shit. That'd be terrible. So this happened at FOMO, and then so I was gonna ask you know there's but the name like FOMO, and you have the other party we, mm -hmm. which is more R and B I guess, or just more party yeah. shit. You know, like uh, in the beginning, Tara and I like marketed it as a R&B party. Shout out DJ Tara, by the way. Shout out DJ Tara. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it was just kind of like an attempt to just attract like more girls. Because, mm, okay. you know, girls fuck with it. Everyone fucks with it, but you know. So that party, we do play a lot of R&B, but we also use that party to like play new music from like girl rappers or, oh, dope. or just like, you know, new music about girls, okay. you know, we just kind of like expand it. 
Yeah. Afro beats, like girls love to dance to that shit, you know, dance hall. So just things that like, just really a party like for a girl. Yeah. Whether it's either literally, like you said, like female artists, but yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like, yeah, like if you want to listen to rap, then we'll play some rap for you, but it's probably going to be from like a girl. Yeah. You know? Or a rap that maybe women are feel a little, they don't feel like, God damn, this shit. Yeah. Is <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like they're not talking. It's like, like Ty Dolla Sign, you know, you could play that. Yeah, the smooth shit. Yeah. Oh man, that's, yeah, the smooth shit all day. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what's up. And the reason why I asked about We and FOMO and, Bay vibes. I love how you have all these things associated with you. They have these very clever and like names that stand out and don't sound generic. But tell me, what is Bay vibes? Is it a lifestyle? Is this like a hashtag? Is this like a, a way of philosophy? Mm. Is it all these things or is it, am I just reading I into it? I think it's all these things. Okay. I, you know, it's, I don't know. I, just, I guess I'm still trying to figure it out because I, there have been times where I'm like, I don't know if I want to use this anymore. But then sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm really feeling it. So I guess I'm still Bay trying vibes? to like, yeah. Uh-huh. So I guess I'm still trying to get to know it. So was it just something you just hashtag one day on social media and you? Yeah, and it just kind of stuck. Uh huh. I just kind of like stuck with it. That's my. That's yeah, my name. Yeah, like this is gonna be it. This is my Coke. This is it. This yeah. Slogan. So if it was the philosophy, what would be like the first thing in Bay Vibeology? If you're teaching a class on it, what would you tell your students? <laughs> I guess it's just. Feminism. Feminism. <laughs> okay, that's that. All right, we'll go with that. Is there a yeah. number two, perhaps, a follow-up after that subheading? Another number, if we're doing a college outline, will be the following topic. Whoa, that's a really good question, dude. Yeah, maybe something you should ride on the airplane on the airplane ride home. Yeah, if, if you feel inclined, like do like the ten points of Bay vibes. And oh that, yeah, the philosophy of Bay by. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Just put me in the footnotes. That's a good idea. I, yeah. You know, that's what I'm here for. That's that's. <laughs> I appreciate that. that. That's my thing. So with parties, besides you having cool names and getting people out and, you know, income and notoriety, is there maybe another thing you kind of do it for? Is there, because some people are like, no, I just like parties and other people sometimes there's more to that than just what's on the surface. What is, was it for you? I love doing parties. Mm-hmm. I also like to travel, so. Okay. I think that would be it for me. Okay. So if the party can facilitate travel, yeah. then it's even for the best. Yeah. So is there going to be a wee West Coast run or some shit like that? Yeah. Do it. Why haven't for you? Sure. Why, I mean, yeah, you're slipping. I know. I know for real. Me and Tara actually got to get up. Like, you know, it's kind of hard trying to work through things. Like everyone's got hella shit going on, you know, so you really got to like manage your time, but... It's, yeah, we're definitely going to talk about it. Okay. Well, when you guys come out. Like, yeah. I mean, shit. Tara I'll, loves the West Coast. Good. Well, what's yeah. not to like, goddamn? We got you burritos. Know? We got burritos. You know? We got coconut juice. We got juice. weed. Yes. That's, you know? okay, that's one thing I was going to say. New Yorkers, you guys can brag about a million and one things. Fashion, music, halal, yeah, whatever. Ahead. I don't know. Whatever. Go but ahead. you can never hold over our heads weed mm. and burritos. Mm. And I guess if you want to. Nature. Nature and basketball. Like. <laughs> uh, Dude, I don't, uh, John, I don't know. John, a producer who's a Kings fan, a Dara Kings fan, made a made a made a face, but it's okay, dude. We, we you know we're working on it. But yeah, I am right about the weed and the Mexican food. Yes, hundred percent. We can't be fucked with. As much as you guys try, mm-hmm. nah, dude, don't don't mess with us. Yeah. So you did the whole thing about we got health things to work through your busy schedules. Uh, you do this full time, right? Yeah. So what was that day when you said, you know what, I'm going to pursue this full time, or is it like a gradual thing? Was it? Was it? What was it? It was pretty gradual, but it also happened really fast. So the first year I was um, working at my full-time job, which was at a casting agency. I was a casting director. So I was working with like uh, models and actors for print campaigns and TV commercials. So I was doing that during the day and then I would like take some gigs at night. And then towards the end of that first year, my gig started picking up more. And then 
I started getting less interested in fashion and working with these people. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, bullshit in that field as well. Yeah. Like, I just kind of felt like I didn't really feel like a genuine person working in that field because my job was to judge people, you know? Oh, wow. And so I had to like just tell people what I didn't like about them. <laughs> and it's like the physical part, like yeah, what so I don't I like about laugh. them physically. Yeah. It, it's funny, but like, you know, it doesn't feel good. Yeah, you know? no, it's not funny. It's, I'm laughing at the, the ridiculousness. Of it. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, it doesn't make you feel good. And I just kind of felt like this isn't me. And I just felt I was connecting a lot more like when I was out DJing and meeting people and like discovering new music and stuff. And so like, yeah, eventually I just like decided, you know, I'm going to do DJing full time. But then I tried it out in the beginning and then I ended up picking up like casting gigs like part time. So it was just like half and half that second year. And then the third year it was just like full on like I'm I'm going to see what happens if I say no to casting jobs. I started DJing that whole first year. I was depressed the entire year. It was like one of those years where like you kind of just have to like work through what's going on inside like why are you doing this? Why are you here? You know, just kind of questioning everything, archiving your life. Like, what did I do to lead myself up to here? And what am I going to do, like, in the future? Now I'm on my fourth year, and I just feel like, you know, like I said earlier, a lot more confident. Like, I feel like I got this now. Like, I stopped doubting myself. Like, you know, I'm actually good. I could do it. Yeah. You know? No, that's so important. That's really cool. I think that's, I'm glad you share that because I think regardless of the creative application, there are going to be those years or those, yeah, years or months that you just like, what, what am I doing? Why am I here? Yeah. I, should, I should just quit. And then mm -hmm. you pulling through. I think I almost feel that's like a rite of passage. I, I feel, I guess for DJing and music people and creatives, you're not really about it until you have. Until that you're kind moment. Of, yeah. When you're mm -hmm. full of fear and doubt. And I think I'm, I've been lucky enough to have a lot of guests share that. Cause I think we're talking about the whole social media thing at first, the whole glitz and glam a lot of people do not share that at all. It's very guarded. I think only, you know, I'm glad you can share it. And that's kind of why I did this podcast where people can talk about that. Um, you think that's yeah. just kind of, why Why, do we, why are we like that? Why are we just so scared to open up? We're and, so private. Yeah, why? But yeah. Yeah, we're, we're the most public people ever. What is, right. what is, what is that? Because I'm still on, I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, I think it's because it can make you feel vulnerable and, you know, not many people really want to dig into that part of their feelings or their emotions. Just in, 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 just in general, but... Yeah. Because, uh -huh. you know, like people read into things now and, you know, people make their own stories and sometimes people just don't want to hear it, you know? So they just decide to hold back, I guess. And just share like the best parts ever. Right. Like I'm doing this gig, I'm traveling. Yeah. Look who I'm with. And this not, is what I want people to see. Yeah. Not that I have a bunch of roommates and, or in, like in your case, yeah. I'm having a really tough time processing this. Yeah. yeah. So it was a little tough for you. Then you finally be able to pull through it. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, what is it to you? We had to define it. What does it mean to be a working DJ? Well, it's the balance of doing the gigs you like and then doing the corporate gigs. Basically like working every weekend, always just like trying to find work and putting yourself out there. Cause before I was DJing, my perception of DJing was you're just sharing music, you're playing out in the club and stuff, or you're doing radio, and you're probably like opening for an artist or something, and that's it. But you know, social media wasn't really like a thing back then. You didn't have to have a brand. You could, you didn't have to be a personality. Like I feel now, you have to be like a lot of other things besides a DJ. Like there's a lot of DJ photographers, DJ producers, DJ models. DJ influencers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like 
like that part of like, you know, managing yourself, managing your time and like trying to get yourself out there on top of keeping up on new music and making sure that you have good relationships with venues and other DJs to collaborate on other things, you know? So it's just like all the time. I think that's what it is to be a DJ full time. Is basically it's all the time. So you're not just managing your emotions. You're managing your time. You're yeah. You're working probably. We're I I guess I'm I'm a working DJ, and I think yeah. we're we're kind of always working more or less. Either going to something, come from something, about to do something, or we just finished. Yeah, something. managing I mean, your crates, you know, like oh it's yeah, so yeah. much work. Yeah, so working, so it's not like all about oh hey, I'm just doing this. Yeah, and, I'm playing my songs, and <laughs> and it's like yeah, I'm playing my song. Like I go wake up tomorrow, I'll go do a wedding at like nine in the morning, and, and yeah, that's do you do weddings? Uh, you know, I haven't done weddings yet. I've gotten estimate. I've given estimates for weddings. Uh-huh. And I haven't gotten anything yet. And I think it's because so many people tell me that they don't like to do them. So um, I'm a little hesitant to really do one. I guess it depends like who the couple is. It would probably have to be a couple that I really like vibe with. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I do. I'm doing a wedding tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah, shit. Give me the check. Like, yeah. I, I used to be so stigmatized and so like, oh, I don't want to admit that. But then yeah. we had Rich Medina and he was like, oh, I'll do your wedding. He goes, and I quote, oh, if your Nana wants to hear the wobble and you're paying me, I'll come and do it. And yeah. I, I literally high fived him because I was like, he, to me, he's like the, yeah. the, the, the pillar of this DJ shit to me. So for him to say, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll, you want to give me money for doing something I normally do? And you're gonna feed me and fly me out. So yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think that's how I started too. You mentioned the whole finding a couple that you like and being comfortable. Yeah, yeah I think I did one of my best friend's wedding. Then I did her homegirl's wedding, and it just kind of went from this yeah. and that. And then I think right now, I think when people, when DJs are kind of turned down weddings and they're kind of snobbish about it, I think they're missing the fact that right now, pretty much everyone's getting married. They've grown up with DJs. Like yeah. they've seen either Diplo or Quest Love or yourself or Mark Ronson and B Junkies. So they know what a good DJ is. And they also remember the terrible wedding DJ from their little kids, the guy with like the gloves and tuxedo and playing the chicken <laughs> dance. So they know they don't want that. But yeah. I want I want Babu at my wedding, but not yeah. at the yeah. Babu price. Or yeah, not yeah, I can't get Babu <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So so they hit up people like us and they mm-hmm. find out, you know, can you also play Play the stuff from my grandma. Play the Motown cuts, but then once the open bar kicks in, oh yeah, you're playing. Time to turn up. Yeah, you're playing yeah, XX Extension or or whatever. Yeah, I've done weddings where they can you play Todd Terjay and uh, Talking Heads, and other weddings where it's like, can you play? Um, I don't know Taylor Swift. No, not Taylor Swift. I've been lucky. I've dodged that bullet, oh, but it's things. Lucky you. Yo, fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow we'll see. Yeah, if I get a request for Taylor Swift, I'm gonna like. Scream oh, it's cr- Tay Tay. Ugh. No, no, dude. I don't Can need. Can you play some Tay Tay? No, like that's. I don't need the MAGA cheerleader, of, <laughs> the auditory MAGA cheerleader in my life. Like, Damn. no, yeah, I, I, I can't, I cannot mess with her. I, I'm pretty forgiving, understanding of pop music in general, but she's, the, she's the line. She is the line. She is. I the love line. pop music. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, Mariah Carey. I feel mm. I'm. I feel like I'm missing out on the Mariah Carey train because I fuck with Beyonce heavy. I fuck with a lot of female pop artists of all genres. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. But paint the picture for me, Picasso. Tell me about Mariah Carey because I'm aware of her, but I know people <laughs> mess with her heavy like that. Yeah, you know, people do, but I'm not really like, you know, one of those girls that are like, I, I will die for Mariah, you know? Are there people that will do that? Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, so, yeah. you know, I shit, know. like a lot, of, a lot of them do. Like Rihanna has them. Beyonce has them. See, Beyonce, you I understand, know? you know, because I'm, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. I got <laughs> Really mad at my girlfriend that because she didn't invite me to the Beyonce concert. So I was you like, got you got mad. Yeah, I was like, you, so because her, her other best friend asked her, 
And I was like, oh, okay. You just, oh, you didn't thought to ask me or whatever. <laughs> to give you an idea. I wouldn't die for her, but um, yeah, I've yet to see her. But anyways, Mariah Carey. Yeah. You're okay, fit. I understand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You wouldn't die for her, but you play, you, di- you dig deep in the cuts for her. Yeah, I fuck with her. Um, I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is. I think um, there was one year when that Honey album came out and I just like listened to it so much that it got scratched up. <laughs> I just connected with that album. Uh-huh. I don't know. And then, you know, from there, you just kind of like stick with her until like you don't stick with her. Okay. And, what <laughs> and was, then like... <laughs> what was that? When you're like, okay, I'm I think good. like the rainbow. No, you know, I still... Actually, you know, when I look back at it, it's kind of cute. Okay. But there was a time when I was like, oh, Mariah's kind of like figuring it out again. <laughs> <laughs> you say it like you know her. Like, I was like, oh, she's in a, you know, it's like like me with Kanye, like in the whole Trump thing. Like he's going through a rough time right now. Yeah. Let's let him live and yeah. wait for whatever comes up next. So yeah. So I feel you have an affinity for her. Yeah, I do. Okay. So I, I just love the way she carries herself and like how she's just very like, I don't give like a fuck. she, she deserves, she knows that she deserves the best and she demands it. So mm. like that's, that's pretty player. Okay. I think, I think I think that is, is that a good way to sum up Mariah Carey? Like she knows mm-hmm. what she wants and she knows she deserves the best. Yeah. And you just got to give it to her. Okay. Damn. That's a selling point. Now I'm like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I feel like I've been missing out on something my whole <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so three, three songs I should check out by Mar- besides like fantasy. That's like, you know, that's the go-to banger. But yeah. three under the radar Mariah Carey cuts. I really love that song, Fourth of July. Okay. Oh, you know that song, Can't Let Go? No. So emotional. It's like, it came out in the 90s. Oh, you know it. I feel it. so emotional. Babe. <laughs> uh, the Can't Let Go song is a ballad. Okay. That that one's really good. And then um, uh, Say Something. Oh, yeah. That's when you played this past week. Oh, this past couple of days ago at the gig. Oh, no, wait. No, not that song. <laughs> oh, no. You did play it, but I did that play that song. I didn't mean to say that song. I meant to say, I meant to say, um, I'm that chick. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. That one's a cutty. Okay. I like the album cuts. Yeah. I feel because if you play album cuts with big artists, that means you really mess with them. You're not just, you're not just here for the, the good times. You're here for... For all of it. Yeah. You're yeah. for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're, t- we're talking about awesome, you know, femaleness, f- <laughs> feminism. I don't know. Why, I, I don't know why I said femaleness. I was talking to my partner about, uh, my girlfriend about, you know, I'm, hey, I'm going to have Darling Chuck on the show. Anything you, I should ask? And she said this really cool question. I think this is something I've kind of wondered about too. Has being a woman, has it helped you and has it kind of hindered you at certain points with DJing? Oh, there's its ups and downs. Actually, when I first got into it, I was really surprised that it was still like a boys club because that's how I remember it was when I was living over here. And then once I started getting in the game, I was like, for real? Like, are we still rare? (laughs) Damn, there's like so many. Like, how come I know a lot? How come you guys don't, you know? So it's just like, you know, dealing with that shit. And then there's also like the people who are like, "Um, you know, we have this special event going on and we just really want like, a cute girl to just stand there and like play songs. And you know, those gigs play a lot of money. So, <laughs> so, uh, that worked to my advantage. But then at the same time, it's like, I can also do it like DJ for real. Uh-huh. You and they're know? like, and they just kind of like, yeah, we don't really need Yeah, that Like, care. no, it's okay. You can put a playlist together. It's fine. But I'm like, no nah, man, like get me some equipment. I want to play. So is that is that get your money's worth? Yeah, is that still happening right now in the career of Darling Chuck? Uh, you know, I still get approached for those things, but I'm very careful about doing those types of things just because I don't want to. That's not how I want to be. That's not how I want to represent myself. I want to be among like you know good people. Yeah, like you want to be seen as a DJ, not like oh you're 
the girl DJ or the female DJ. Yeah. The female DJ. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of, yeah. When I see that, I mean, I think again, for me as being like a guy and who's been around DJing a while, I, I, I always got to be mindful of how I personally react to these type of things. Cause again, I don't want to deal. I have tons of privilege that yeah. you never have. Yeah. That's unfortunate. But yeah, I think I do still kind of bristle when you guys are kind of, in fact, I'm saying guys, see, there you go. We're talking about privilege, things that you're aware of. The fact that you are all kind of sometimes lumped in as a novelty or a curiosity. Right, right. And, and all that stuff. So, if, so the. Kind of pe- like a gimmick. Is that real? Yeah, you know, sometimes like when me and Tara DJ together or if I'm DJing with like another girl, a lot of people just assume that we're like a duo or something. Okay, well, why? Okay, <laughs> is there did something, there's like a, a female duo that popped off that I'm unaware of? I don't know. I just feel like this people, like people want to see it, I guess. So they just want to like. Okay, so they're trying to yeah. project something. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. And then I think a couple weeks ago, I can't remember her name. Um, it was like a big Red Bull, like, worldwide summit mm. and i think she's she's like on rinse fm or bbc she said then i quote play up the girl card and i was like shit i was taken aback by that and mm-hmm. that's something that would do you agree with like it's good to play up the girl card or is that kind of against what you're kind of saying or, or is i think it, a it lot depends of on the situation that's normally a card i wouldn't play but like i mean shit you could be in a situation where it's like man how am i gonna afford rent you know, like rent's coming up and then like this opportunity comes along and, you know, like, I guess like sometimes you got to do what you got to do to get paid. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, you know, I think now hearing you say that makes you think that while you're saying, yeah, do what you got to do. It's like, I still do what I have to do. Like, oh, you yeah. need like the experienced soul DJ or whatever, then play mm-hmm. up that card mm-hmm. or. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, I just I had to ask. I figured, what, who a better person to ask than <laughs> a woman a DJ woman, yeah. like, who gets it in and is like doing it? Yeah. And you think it's the whole rent thing. And I instantly thought about New York City. That gave you a little more anxiety when you transition to full time DJing. The fact that it was New York, which is like an intense, expensive mm. city, or mm. I don't know. You know, I'm really lucky that I have a roommate who happens to be Mike Baker, the bike maker. Mike Baker, bike maker, <laughs> on a roll. What up? So, um, roommate, I think that's for me. That's a, <laughs> I think it's a nice way of putting. Or I, I don't know. I mean, we are roommates. We live together. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's your partner. He is my partner. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. he's my partner. <laughs> I was like, what happened? What? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, no, yes. he's my partner. It helps. Yeah, it really helps. Okay, and we work together, so I think I'm pretty lucky. Like, if I'm like lacking, like some weeks or something, you know, he'll he'll help me out, mm-hmm. and vice versa, you know. And we live in Queens. You know, when a lot of people like think about New York, they think about Brooklyn. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the shit happens in Brooklyn, but we live in Queens and it's a lot more affordable over there. Yeah. You know, I feel the so. neighborhood we're recording right now, the Excelsior with what I imagine. Yes. I always tell people too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. So I haven't yeah. been, I've been, I haven't been incorrect all these years. Right. <laughs> Cause I've never been yeah. to Queens. So. Oh shit. Okay. I well, go. next time you got to come. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, there's like. I see food, really good food, a lot of people of color. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's like just a regular ass city. It's not. It, it is. There's, and there's, there's like so many different ethnicities there. Like my hallway at home smells like an international food court. Like dope. all types of people live there. I just, it reminds me of the Bay, you know, like a lot of us like just kind of like live together. Yeah. So. Is there any record stores out there? Ooh, there's this one that opened up in Bed-Stuy called the Mixtape Shop. Oh, I've seen it. It looks, I, I, I was talking to Zephyr and it goes, I don't know if this is like a drug, like a, like a drug fraud or like a rich kid's <laughs> business. Cause it's like, there's like nine it's things. It's really nice. It. Yeah. It's intimidating. Nice. Yeah. yeah it's but, all white in there and shit. Everything's organized. Very like mid-century modern furniture. Yeah. But they it's. They sell coffee. Yeah. This is that. Yo, be careful. 
Once, yeah. you, once you get the record store with the coffee shop, that's ne- it. Next comes the yoga place, <laughs> then the twelve dollar avocado <laughs> shake place. Next thing you know, it's Mike, you, and like another roommate because the landlord rent, raised the rent. Hey, but that's in Bed Stuy. Oh, okay. In, in Brooklyn. So, so <laughs> that's that's how little I know about New York. I thought Queens was okay, but so there's <laughs> are there any record stores in Queens? Not that you know. No, of. not that I know of. Okay. No, I'll I'm sure there out. are, but I don't know where they are. Yeah. I'll still come out and give me the food tour and, and all yeah, that stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to do it. Yes, dude. Well, one more thing. We're talking about food in the Bay, and you know your your man Mike Baker. I guess I could talk about family. Mm. You being an immigrant, you know, the child of immigrants as well. Mm-hmm. Was your family like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you DJing? Are you crazy? Or was it like we trust you? Go ahead. Or what? What was it? You know, they were like a little. I mean, they questioned it in the beginning. I'm an only child, so I've like, I was a rebellious child. Okay. I always just did my own thing. Um, I think I've done enough things to disappoint them <laughs> up until now. So when I wow. decided to pursue DJing, they were just kind of like, are you sure? But they knew that I was going to still do it, you know, wow. regardless of what they told me. But I get a lot of support from them now. Okay. Because um, they had they saw what you do. Because you've done, like, yeah, I've seen you do. I mean, I've been following you for knowing you for a while, and you've do you've done some amazing gigs. So that yeah. helped them understand it and put it in context. Or I mean, I've also been through a lot uh, in my life, and so I think like my parents seeing how happy I was just just kind of like it for them. They're oh, just like dude, right on. They're like, okay, we understand. Yeah, <laughs> dope, dope, dope. That's really cool. I, that yeah. really made me happy. I was the guy. I, I felt the thing. That's they saw you happy, and they're like, "All right, do your thing, rock." Yeah. All right. And a final question: I've asked this a lot of guests. If you're coming on, let's say the Late Show, you're walking into the arena. What would be a song you'd want to hear? What's your walk on song? <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Good question. That's why it's the last one. It's the only good one. So there. What <laughs> song? Man, it's probably got to be a song from the '80s. Human League. Human. All right. I don't know that one. Yes, you do. Okay. All right. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Sorry. That was a very anticlimactic answer. Oh, Sorry. I don't know that one. Sorry. Okay. Human League by Human. Uh, Human by the Human League. Human by the Human League. Yeah. Shit. That works for me. Yeah. All right. Good. Works I, for me too. <laughs> I, well, I, I would hope so because you're only going to throw a, you're gonna throw one pitch on the World Series. So that's got to be, there's no, there's no. It's a, it's a pretty epic song. Yeah. Or something no, like that. There's no do-overs on that one. Yeah. I'm confident. <laughs> Final answer. Yeah, we're going with that. We're going with it. All right, Dolly Chuck, thank you so much. Thank you. That was good. Yeah. Have fun. I like that comment. That felt good. Thank you so much. That's what I'm here for. You're the shit. Thank you so much. Yeah, everybody, give it up for Dolly Chuck. Give it up for John Reyes. Give it up for me. Give it up for, we didn't, this is the first episode we did without a train that came through. I was. That's how good the you're, oh, that's so how good, good. Of a, that's how good of a guest you were. Yeah. I didn't even pay attention to that. Oh, nice. I know you. Cra- I didn't notice it. You cracked a Lacroix. Yeah, did you hear that? Yeah, you hear that yeah. I don't know. Maybe that says something about me. Oh, the, the Laquicks. Oh, Laquois. Oh, Laquicks. <laughs> DJ Laquicks. Yeah, my t- my tail wagged. Yeah. I have a tail, everybody. <laughs> Didn't want to say anybody. All right. <laughs> Opening set. My man John King Balls. Thank you for listening. We'll be back very soon. Peace. <laughs>